Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be diving into some interesting backstories of attractions. I was trying to think of something clever to say, and it just, no, there was nothing there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My brain is just a a void. Yes. Hey, you're not supposed to agree. I know. I Sorry. (laughs) I thought it as soon as I said it. I was like, that was a trap. I should not have agreed with that. This is a trap. But well, <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of, uh, you know, traps and, you know, your significant other always tries to trap you. That's a very common thing. We have a, uh, a YouTube video out. It's a oh, great yes. segue where we see how well we know each other's Disney's likes and dislikes. And we really put our, you know, marriage on the line on this one, I think. <laughs> It is definitely, it was one of my favorite ones we've ever recorded because we really, you know, sometimes when you throw a camera in, it gets a little bit, I don't know, it gets hard to like, like act normal. And we like, we vibed on it. Like we kind of can't hear, you know, like it was, it was a, it was a fun one. Um, We really enjoyed it. And we had some surprising answers for sure. And I was gonna say, so go check it out. I mean, we're still together, question (laughs) mark. So maybe it went well, question mark, but I. We have to give a little bit of a tease. Yeah, yeah. I, and I will say that looking back at my answers, my brother actually called me on one of my answers and he's like, uh, that was really, you don't like this ride? I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, I would think you'd say this one instead. I'm like, yeah, that one's definitely. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough thinking about it. Definitely, definitely a worse ride than the one I picked, but yeah. All right. So yeah, so definitely go check that out on our YouTube channel. It's Enchanted Ears over on YouTube. And there's a uh, link to our channel in the description as well. We'd love to have you subscribe. We have uh, new videos every week, so check us out yep all right so news this week uh quite a bit of news i was gonna say i feel like there's a lot of news and it's i think because our last episode we recorded the news and then a bunch of news came out and then so it's like (laughs) it's either feast or famine yeah so it's like we missed a lot of stuff we probably should have talked about last week but we missed some of it um just because we record a little too early on the news so we have uh a good bit of news and i think a lot of interesting news so the one do thing, we want to say the word news again? News. News, news. news, 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 news. Okay. <laughs> so in Mulan, uh, Mulan news. <laughs> so uh, Mulan came out on the, the streaming service and there are some estimates now coming out from um, a data firm called Seven Park Data where they estimated that 9 million U.S. households downloaded this within the first like week, week and a half. Nine. Which works out to around two hundred and sixty-one million dollars. Ooh, I, I think if that's true, it's a rousing success. Oh, okay, well, that's a success. Then you'd say for Disney, a hundred percent, because you have to figure if a movie opened its opening weekend at two hundred and sixty-one million dollars at the box office, yeah. that would be like the number one movie ever. And you, and the other thing is, Disney doesn't share any of this with the theater. So yeah, they get a hundred percent. Yeah, so That's typically true. you're only getting fifty percent of the box office take. So we had kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, what does Disney have to do to get their money back essentially on this? Because you know, if if it's a two three hundred million dollar budget movie, it would have had to have done six seven hundred million at the global box office for them to make their money back. But if they keep a hundred percent, they basically made their money back. Yeah, Plus, I mean, I wouldn't think that they're keeping 100% now that I think about it, though, because it it went, okay, on Disney Plus, of course, but if they, they released on other streaming services, too, right? No, it's all through Disney Plus. Oh, really? That's all through Disney Plus? Yeah, it's all, all through Disney Plus. And then, you know, the thought is, too, that subscribers to Disney Plus are up. So I think this is done well. Now, Disney hasn't confirmed any of this. This is all based on these, you know, analytic firms that follow streaming. 
But I think based on this, Disney's probably pretty happy with this. I think they did kind of hint at that it's doing well. I also think that's why you hear rumors that Soul may be coming to Disney Plus now. Uh, um, now, when this story came out, there was rumors that Black Widow was going to get delayed. That has now been confirmed. Black Widow has been pushed back until May of next year. So they've reshuffled all of their movies. They basically have nothing coming out this year because the U.S. theater market, um, nobody's going. I mean, Tenet's out and it's doing like $2 million a weekend. <laughs> which is that's also because it wasn't that good of a movie no but i mean for <laughs> but, but for a summer blockbuster that probably yeah. should have done 200 million 300 million at the u.s box office it's at like 50 so people still aren't ready to come back to the movie theater even though theaters are open so disney has pushed everything they've reshuffled all the marvel movies i think we're getting four next year tentatively yeah that's a lot. Yeah, but but so I, I think that's why you, you're seeing this and the rumor is that Soul is going to go on Disney Plus and I think it makes sense because if Mulan did this well, Soul I think is another one that does well on Disney Plus because it's families. So I, I think Black Widow is a hard sell on Disney Plus. I see why they want to keep Marvel kind of that premiere in theater movie, but something like a Pixar movie where... $30 is a really good value for a family because you're probably going with yourself, a couple kids, you know, and you're going to spend way more than $30 in a theater. Yeah. You could probably get a lot of people going, oh, yeah, I'll pay 30 bucks to see Soul at, at home. Yeah. So and I, I think that's why you're, you're hearing that because if Mulan really did anywhere near this well, even if it did half of this, I think it's a, a pretty big success for Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the other... Um, piece of news is that the beauty and the beast edition at tokyo disneyland is opening it's actually opening uh, if you're listening to this on the day we release it on the 28th it opens today Woo. We, there were some videos of the soft opening um online on youtube yeah so that, that's what i wanted to say is a couple weeks ago disney announced it was going to be opening on the 28th but the enchanted tales of beauty and the beast actually soft opened a week early mm -hmm. and so there was some video of it I don't know what your thoughts are. I think the animatronics look amazing. Okay, yeah. So uh, Joe and I had a pretty extensive conversation about this after we watched the video, the ride video. I think the ride video was like 15 minutes long. It was pretty long, but... That includes the, the pre-show and the yeah. queue and everything. Yeah, the ride it itself's maybe five or six minutes, I'd right, say. Right, right. So when, since we've been to Tokyo Disney, we have a couple episodes. Go check those out about it. Um, there's just some really incredible rides there that incorporate the trackless ride vehicle like for example Pooh's Honey Hunt and again you know I'm reiterating this again but I'm not a big Winnie the Pooh fan that ride blew me away I wanted to ride it again and again and again the animatronics are great there were cool illusions in it the way that the ride vehicles wove like through the scenes and things this didn't have that um you know you had it was a similar structure it was very similar to the way that it looked but the rooms looked like they were this like there's one room in Pooh's Honey Hunt that there's there's this big grand room and there's lots going on and then you kind of weave around the room to see what's going on it seemed like almost every room was like that in this and I'm sure that when you're in the actual room itself it's it's more impressive because it's above your head and everywhere but it just seemed like they kind of hit one note well but they didn't try to hit more than one note yeah and that's i think my caveat to this is you know sometimes when you're watching a video of something it you're not it enveloped in by comparison it. yeah, yeah you're not enveloped thing. by it but i that was my critique of it when i watched it is that i think they spent a lot of money on the animatronics and they're some of the most advanced animatronics i think we've seen i, I don't really want to spoil 
you know, some of the surprises if people don't want to know what happens. But that was kind of my one critique is where some of these other trackless, um, you know, rides like Ratatouille and even Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you're in a you're in a train of about three cars at a time. And there's there's constant kind of motion and action like you're moving through scenes. And then there typically is like one big, like you said, grand scene where you have like all six cars. With Beauty and the Beast, it's six cars at all times, and you're basically in a room, just kind of slowly spinning around the room for a song, and then you move to the next room. There's just the- not that like kinetic energy that you get at a lot of these trackless rides. It's basically like, yeah, here, sit, watch a show scene. It's almost like they did it like a boat ride. Yeah, it, it very much seems like it's like a boat ride. That's a good comparison. I will say with that, though, I still want to go ride it and I want to go see it because the castle that they built and I mean, just the cue for this thing, the theming is incredible. I mean, they, you know, Tokyo, if you watch the Imagineering story, the the Tokyo um, Land Land Company, yeah, Tokyo Land, Oriental Land Company. That's That's it. it. You know, they talk about how they just like give Imagineers a blank check and you see that over at Disney Sea, but you can see it here, too, that. I mean, they just, they spared no expense on the detailing of it. I, I just think they could have done a little bit better with the ride, ride story. Design. Yeah. Ride design yeah. is, I mean, the ride story is the Beauty and the Beast story, story but yeah, the ride design is just, it, it seems lacking. The cars are cool because they, they seem to be oscillating. They kind of, because you're in a teacup, they kind of move around instead of, and, and circle. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know, seems just a little bit lacking. Right. But we'll probably go ride and be like, this is the greatest ride we've ever probably. done. On. So <laughs> that's how it works. All right. There's also been um, some reports that Epcot has been testing fireworks after hours. And we all know that they're working on the new fireworks show, Harmonious, that's going to be coming out. It's probably supposed to be out by now. Harmonious. I don't know. I feel like that should be their theme song. <laughs> Sorry. I did that. Just sure. that, the spirit moved me there and I had to. I had to do it. If that is in, if that is what they say, if they do that at all in that particular tone, Disney, I'm suing because you copied me. <laughs> you know, the, the show should have been out by now, uh, but everything's been delayed. So it, it's not quite out yet. So I think a lot of people are saying, oh, does this mean fireworks are coming back? They're working on fireworks like they're testing. I still kind of feel like they're a ways away from getting harmonious done. There's a lot of um, improvements they're making to the lagoon for the show. And so... I don't think this means that a return to the fireworks is imminent, but I will say this. I think if any park is going to start fireworks, Epcot's the one to do it in. Because if you think about it, that lagoon, you can basically see the show from anywhere around the lagoon. So you can space people out pretty well if you need to keep Mm -hmm. social distancing. Whereas like the Magic Kingdom, you're packed in there like sardines right in front of the castle because everybody wants to see that castle view. Or if you're an animal kingdom, now Rivers of Light is canceled, but even, you know, that's not coming back. But even that auditorium or or Fantasmic, it's, it's an, um, it's a arena that you're just packed in there. Whereas you could spread people out pretty reasonably well around the lagoon at Epcot. So I, I would say, if they do like a tiered re-entry of nighttime shows, my money probably would be on Epcot getting it first. But I don't think just because they're testing now, that means, oh, in two weeks, they're going to say, hey, fireworks are back. Yeah. See, I think what Epcot should do, hear this out. Okay. So they should create a giant globe that during the show lifts up out of the lake. So there's doors. It lifts up out of the lake and then they should do projection mapping on the map so that it 
every day people want to see different things because you can only see part of the globe at a time. So you basically mean like the previous show that had an Epcot? No, with no, the no. Globe? Huge globe. Huge globe. And they really do like some exquisite projection projection mapping so it basically sounds like you're describing the previous show no no i'm talking it rises up out of the water like a sea monster okay so getting into attractions this was not what i had planned to talk about this week (laughs) we definitely we had other stuff planned but i was on facebook as one tends to be and i saw this picture that somebody posted that described the haunted mansion ride and it says how old were you when you realized you'd die on the Haunted Mansion ride? And the answer to that question is 31. And I said today. Yep. Because I was like, what are you talking about? You die on the ride. It then goes to describe how going through the ride, you go in through the front door in the gallery. The ghost host taunts you how you're trapped in there now and that there's, there's no way out and that he shows you how he got out. And then there's the body hanging from the rafters. Not dark at all, Disney. No, this, I mean, this is Haunted Mansion is Disney's, you know, uh, darkest, scariest ride. And they're, they're taunting you to become the thousandth happy haunt. And then you go through the house and there's the seance and all the ghosts are trying to scare you. It's a very like somber, eerie tone as you go through the house. Then you get to the attic of the house. And then you turn, your, your doom buggy turns, and you go down that hill, and I never thought anything of it, but apparently that is you either being pushed out of the window by one of the ghosts, or you jumping out of the window to decide that's your only way to escape. You fall down a steep, you know, it's a very steep fall, then you land in the graveyard, and it's a party. Everybody's happy. The ghosts- The happy haunts. Exactly. And so why, why does the theme change? It's because you died and became a ghost and decided to join them. And then you, if you noticed, you exit out of the crypt. And I went, wait, what? That's what Haunted Mansion is about? <laughs> and I was like, hold up. I need to look up other ride attraction backstories because I think we all kind of know Imagineering comes up with these backstories for the mm-hmm. rides. Yeah. And they're not necessarily very overt and you kind of have to go searching for them. But I never, as many times as I've been on Haunted Mansion, Never even caught that. No. And now that I now that when I read that, I was thinking of the ride. And I go, that makes a hundred percent perfect sense. This ride is now on a whole other level for me. This mm-hmm. is incredible. I need to talk about this. This makes me want to fly down to Disney right now and ride the ride. Even though I could watch a ride video, because I want to experience it with the knowledge that I carry now. Oh, we're gonna get some more knowledge here. So I looked up some other ones, and you know, some of them are kind of overt within the ride. So like you have Toy Story Land. That's pretty clear that you're in Andy's backyard. I mean, they they made a big deal about that, that like you're one of his toys or like even Tower of Terror. I think even in the pre-show, they talk about how this is the Hollywood Tower Hotel. One night on Halloween, five passengers went in the elevator. It got struck by lightning. They mysteriously disappeared. And now you're on the, you know, they reopen the hotel, you're here, and there's the same lightning storm again. And then you kind of go into the fifth dimension. So some of that stuff is, you you can pick that up. Yeah. You know? So I think some of those are obvious. But some of these, like, I never even thought about. And so I was like, we need to talk about this. This is great, because I'm fascinated by this. I have not told you all of these. So this is going to be a... He was so excited this morning. When I was eating breakfast, he was eating lunch. And he was so excited. He started telling me all, like, he's start telling me all of them i'm like stop wait for the podcast because i want to be shocked and excited yeah so this is 
half informational, half reaction podcast. Yeah, for real. So hopefully you learned something on this one. <laughs> Wait, me or the listener? Or me both. and the listener? Both. Or the listener and I? Wait, both. Because some of these are crazy. Some of these oh, are, man. Some of these are crazy. So we have, okay, so we have uh, Toy Story Land. We have Tower of Terror. And, and the interesting thing is even with Tower of Terror, there's like another level to it. So one of the passengers was Dewey Todd Jr., and he was a bellhop, and his father, Dewey Todd Sr., was the one who built the hotel. Oh. And he was working at his father's. So even like that little detail, like it's not even necessary, but they name all the people that were in the elevator who disappeared, and the one has a connection to the owner of the hotel. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's just like like books. When people write books, you know, they write all these backstories for the characters that they never put in the books, um, but they're there for them to make the most authentic ride experience possible. Definitely. And I want to say, I got this information. Um, some of it is from uh, Disney's website themselves, but it's kind of hard to find some of this. So a lot of different Disney blogs. So the Disney Tourist blog, Disney Food blog, uh, allyears.net, and the Mouselets. Um, I, I kind of pieced this together. And I, you know, I tried to look it up and see it in a couple different places to confirm. So I think this is like pretty accurate in terms of like what Disney's official backstory is. But even if it's not, like it all makes sense, and I love it all, anyways. So, <laughs> all right. So, you may not know this, but even the water parks down in Disney World have a backstory. So Blizzard Beach is kind of interesting. It's like, oh hey, they just want to make it like that's a kind of a funny mix up of snow and a beach i feel like we might have mentioned this one in one of our early episodes because i feel like i've done this research on blizzard beach before but yeah tell everybody what the backstory yeah of it so is. it's not it's not just that but the idea is that a freak snowstorm hit central florida all right i'll be the snowstorm okay so a freak <laughs> snowstorm hit central florida and turned it into a winter wonderland so somebody built a ski resort there but then obviously it's Florida, so it all melted, and they closed the ski resort until they saw an alligator surfing down the ski slope, and so they decided to turn it into a water park. You know, surfing alligators. Yeah, well, that's where you get, want to do, and that's where you get their um, mascot. So yeah, ice gator. So he's a blue gator, and he apparently loves to surf. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he's pretty cute. I think that we need to really make him more popular. I'd like to see him in more places, um, kind of like Orange Bird. Uh, I would have an ice skater like drink at Epcot. I think that would be really delicious. So let's see more representation of, of ice skater. Exactly. So that, so that one's interesting. I think Everest is another one that's kind of, you can kind of pick up on it. I mean, obviously it deals with a Yeti, but the whole idea is that there was a tea company, the Royal Anadipore Tea Company used to grow tea on the mountain and they used those trains to transport the tea, but then mm. mysteriously it closed because there was like a tax and stuff. And so, you know, the idea is, hey, it was the Yeti. Mm -hmm. And then now the Himalayan Escapes Tours and Expeditions Company says, hey, we'll take you up the Forbidden Mountain on these, you know, old trains and maybe you'll run into the Yeti. I think that one also is kind of pretty clearly explained, especially if you're walking through the queue. I and mean, there's definitely a lot of stuff about the mythical Yeti and, and kind of like the beliefs and, and Yeti sightings. So I think that one's in there, but still that's, that's kind of interesting again, that they, they just, they create these fake companies and these backstories. And it's not just like, Oh, Hey, we're taking you on this ride to see the Yeti. No, it's, they used to grow tea here and that's why they needed the train cars. And now the mm -hmm. train was abandoned 
And now we have another expedition company using those abandoned trains to come in and, and they're hyping up the the yeti because you know they want you they want you to they want your money they want you to think that you're going to see the yeti and then they lo and behold you actually do and also the yeti destroyed the track yeah yeah you actually get you get attacked and everything it's just again it's so perfect so another another train one so they kind of they have a lot of trains in these rides so big thunder mountain and again when I read Big Thunder Mountain, I mean, what do this you think of? This blew my mind a little yeah. bit. What do you think of? You just, oh, I'm riding a train through a mountain. Uh, I was thinking like the Old West, maybe. And it, there's a, yeah, there's a train. Exactly. And it's, you have, um, you know, there's obviously, there's like earthquakes and, and things happen. And all these rides, it's always like something goes wrong. You just, you, like, you don't think anything of it. But there's like a whole backstory of like why this is happening. Mm-hmm. So this one's really interesting because the whole backstory is that there was a mining town built in the 1800s for the gold rush and they built the trains again as a transportation system okay so far everything checks out to move to move the, the gold but then it turns out that the mountain was cursed by the spirit of big thunder so hmm. this t- so he, it attacked the town with earthquakes and floods destroying the town and causing everybody to flee okay wow that just took a dark turn yeah uh years later explorers found these trains that were possessed and just driving around themselves without any passengers. So again, they thought, Hey, let's open this up to thrill seekers who want to ride on possessed trains. So when you're riding big thunder mountain railroad, the idea is you are on a possessed train that is moving itself. And you're a thrill seeker driving through this. And then the spirit of big thunder is attacking. And that's why there's earthquakes and floods and all this different stuff going on. Wow. Who knew that? I mean, I, there's a lot of they have a lot of possessed ride kind of situation or like abandoned dangerous situation rides that then they decided to turn into a tourist attraction because that's what you do that is what you do <laughs> when you have possessed rides or danger tourist attraction because that's how you get your money i mean it makes sense because like via ferretta seems really dangerous you know people like to do that i get it yeah a lot of this stuff is like tourist attractions but it's it, again, it's just interesting that's like you ride the ride and you don't think anything of it, but now it it just takes a whole other level that you're on a possessed train car. Yeah. The other the interesting fact I found about Big Thunder Mountain, whenever I was looking this up, is that there was a um, paper written in October of 2016, Journal of American Osteopathic Association, that basically says riding Big Thunder Mountain will cause you to pass kidney stones what and then and then a doctor like had patients ride this and found that nearly 70 percent of the time they pass their kidney stones after riding big thunder mountain and it, the same thing did not occur whenever they would ride uh space mountain or rock and roller coaster whoa, so whoa, apparently whoa, whoa, whoa. if you have a kidney stone big thunder mountain's what you want to ride whoa, whoa, whoa. okay so are you telling me that I should, f- if we ever get kidney stones, we should fight with our insurance company to, to, to fund our trip to Disney World so that we could pass the kidney stones easier? I think you should. I, that's a great point that if you have a kidney stone, you should be able to get insurance paid trips. Yeah. For I mean, sure. I've heard it's... At least it's, a ticket. At least a ticket. Yeah. 100, 100 bucks, 150 bucks for a ticket. But yeah, so if you ever have kidney stones... Just fly down to just Disney. Just have your doctor write a script. And ride. Yeah, you, you have a script for Disney. Uh, and just ride Big Thunder Mountain a couple times. Yep. Look, that's a crazy fact, though. And they said they tried it on other roller coasters, 
And it did not work with that success rate. I'm wondering what it is about the ride that it does that. Vibrations? Yeah, I'm not sure. Sort of, I don't know what it is about Big Thunder Mountain. There's some sort of something or I don't know. I don't even know what it, like causes you to pass kidney stones usually. that, that This is bl- mind-blowing. It is. I guess he found that like patients when they went to Disney on vacation had passed kidney stones. So he like did. He looked into it. He did like a study on it. And yeah, found again, 70% of the time, according to this paper from 2016. Moving on to a a couple other ones. So there's a couple at Animal Kingdom. So one is on Dino Land. So again, Dino Land kind of like comes out of nowhere. It's like, why is this here? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like carnival theme. So it's like a little out of place, but not really when you listen to the backstory. So the Dino Institute, which is a big part of the dinosaur attraction. Yeah. Obviously, they are a research center and they're trying to go back in time with the time rovers. Yeah. Which that's very clear in the ride. If yes. you've ever if you've ever ridden that attraction. Yeah, they explain the whole thing. Right. So they're there, but then the I the idea is they built this institute here and they have college kids who make some extra money who live nearby who they run the restaurant. So that's why there's a restaurant there. But then there are two local entrepreneurs named Chester and Hester. And they're not affiliated with the Institute and they decided to capitalize off all this dinosaur stuff and kind of like make fun of the Dinosaur Institute. And so they renovated it into Dinorama. So that's why that whole land of like carnival rides and everything is this like zany over the top, like not realistic dinosaurs because it is essentially it's built to be like a tourist trap. It's like, it's like, oh, hey, there's that dinosaur institute. So people are coming for dinosaurs. Let's build a tourist trap for people to come here. Like, it's just so perfect that it it now makes sense kind of why it's in there. And then apparently it drives the scientists nuts at the institute and they have this whole feud. And I guess like if you look closely at some of the detailing, you can see like newspaper articles and things of like the feud between the two. Oh, that, that they're like. The Institute's mad that they're like making fun of dinosaurs and stuff and making money off of it. That's pretty funny. Now we'll have to look at that. I mean, we really need to make a trip. Yeah, there's there's just so much um, there. So the Tree of Life also has an interesting backstory as well. So the Tree of Life, the idea here is that it was the first um, thing to appear and that the whole village of animal kingdom was built around it after the tree of life. And the story goes that a long time ago, there was no vegetation that would grow on discovery Island, which is right around the tree of life. Uh-huh. Uh, no trees or anything. And then one day a tiny ant planted a seed and made a wish. And that he asked for the tree to grow and that it'd be large enough to provide shelters for all the other animals. Aww. And then magically his wish came true. This tree started growing and it grew so big that there was enough room for all of the animals to take refuge underneath it. So would you say it's fair to call that little, that ant a philanthropist? Sure. (laughs) I I don't know how I feel about that pun, but sure. (laughs) I like it. And, And then the idea was as it grew bigger, all of the animals that took refuge underneath its shade started appearing on the tree. So that's mm. what, so it's a magical tree. So that's why it's so big. And that's why all the animals are carved into it because basically every animal 
that took refuge under it shows up on the tree. So even Aww. the simple tree of life has this incredible magical backstory to it. Do you think if I spend long enough under the tree of life, do you think that maybe I will appear on the tree? That potentially. I think you'd have to spend a well, lot of time under there, though. Well, excuse me. I'm moving out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm informing you that right now I have a new residence. <laughs> Going to live on Discovery Island. Yep. I mean, again, that's just, it's really interesting. And again, the idea was the tree was the first thing there. And that's kind of why it's the centerpiece. That's pretty cool. Because everything was built around the tree. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. All right. So the last one I have here is on Pirates of the Caribbean. And this blew my mind just about as much as the Haunted Mansion did. What would you think, if, if I told you, what is Pirates of the Caribbean about, the ride? I'm what like, what would you, how would you describe the story? Like, what do you think this backstory of it is? Uh, you're going through the pirate's land, and um, I, I feel like Tortuga's in there. Tortuga's definitely in it, and you, I don't even, I have no idea. It just seems like a bunch of random pirate scenes, to be honest to you, like with you. You just, you go through and learn about pirate life. Yeah, I have no idea what the cohesive theme is here. Okay, so yeah, you're you're going through. You're seeing pirates. They're they're like pillaging the town. Jack Sparrow's through it all. Yeah, kind of. They're they're getting the treasure and everything. Yeah, you think it's just a nice kind of fun ride in the middle of a pirate battle. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is not the case at all. Oh, so my. now this is this is from the Disneyland version. I think Disney World. They're they're slightly different. I think the story kind of works for both, but. The idea at Disneyland is you start on the outskirts of New Orleans and you pass that old shack with an elderly man playing the banjo on his porch. And you kind of remember that like you're, you're going through the bayou. They have like the fireflies it actually goes through the restaurant, that, that initial part. It's just kind of you're just isolated and remote, really. OK, if I had to take a stab now, it's probably the, the plot of Pirates of the Caribbean. But go ahead. Like basically that there's a pirate attack on a town and all this stuff. Okay. Close. But so so you, you start out in New Orleans at the bayou. So it's like, okay, well, how do I get from the bayou to the middle of this pirate fight? So what the whole idea is, you plunge down the waterfall, okay? Mm-hmm. The second one actually takes you back in time. So you are time traveling on Pirates of the Caribbean. Huh? That's what I said. What? You are time traveling. So the idea is you start out in the bayou, just a leisurely boat ride. When you go down the the um the waterfall, the second one, you travel back in time and you enter Dead Man's Cove where the where you meet pirates who died a long time ago and seem frozen in time. So that's where they get the dead men tell no so tales. Are they supposed to be ghosts? Well, no, they're you're, you're just, yeah. You're, you're, you you traveled tired. back in time, and then you you travel into the ghostly grotto, where you're transported back even further in time. Uh-huh. When the very pirates you meet in Dead Man's Cove, so you go to that Dead Man's Cove, and it's like that this like initial scene, where yeah, they, they have like dead men tell no tales, and they're not really moving; they're just kind of frozen there, uh-huh. and so. Then you go back even further, and this is when you see them alive, and you see them in the Caribbean, and they're in search of the town's treasure, and then that's where you meet Captain Jack Sparrow. And then you're winding your way through 
basically reliving that time period from those pirates that you meet to see them going through the village and why you know as you're going through the town that's burning you know there's there's always like those like gunshots like uh-huh. they're shooting they're shooting at you for target practice so it's not the pirates oh. shooting at each other they're using you as target practice i'm glad they're not good shots i know right they're like <laughs> they're like aaron burr they're a terrible shot <laughs> um and then so except when it counted <laughs> it's true <laughs> And then so you go through and you follow Jack Sparrow and these pirates through. And then as you leave, as you venture, because there's like that like a little bit of hill at the end, that's you actually returning to present time. Present time where your pirates began. Wow. Uh, who knew that Pirates of the Caribbean, you're time traveling? It makes so much sense though, because it's like, well, how do I get from New Orleans Bayou to the Caribbean? And there's obviously not pirates. It's because you start, you travel back in time, you meet the pirates, and then you go even further back in time to then see kind of what they did whenever they are searching for the treasure in this one town. And you're kind of a part of the action. And then you're transported back out of time to present day. That's like an insane story that completely changes the whole dynamic of the ride. That if you just ride it, you go, oh, it's a fun ride about pirates. But if you think of that, it's like, well, I'm time traveling now. It's it's weird because it seems like the ride is so grounded in the past that adding the element of time travel actually means it's grounded in the future. (laughs) So that's kind of, in in and of itself, is the part where your brain has to flip inside out. Like, I don't know where I am anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, it's pretty amazing. And that's what there's like a lot of these interesting backstories, but... Like I said, it started with me reading about the Haunted Mansion that completely just blew my mind and changed my entire perspective on it. I was like, I have to read some of these other ones. And they're super interesting. It's just like the levels of detail that they go to for these rides. I mean, they could very easily have just built the ride and just said, okay, we're building a tree. We have this cool idea for a ride. Yeah. I mean, even look at the tree of life. Like we're building Animal Kingdom. We, we need a centerpiece for the park because every park has an icon. We need a centerpiece. It's going to be animal themed. You know, it's vegetation. It looks beautiful, but no, there is a magical backstory that there was no vegetation here and ant wished it into existence. And now it the pre- philanthropist. <laughs> yes. The philanthropist as we've dubbed I, him. I want him to be a character now. So, so forget and, flit the philanthropist. And now, and now all, all these animals are on there. And then that's why you have this whole Discovery Island and village around it. It's like, that was not even necessary. Like, very few people are even going to know that. Uh-huh. But it's still there. Even Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a cool boat ride with pirates. What more do you need? No, you're actually traveling through time. <laughs> and these are real pirates. It's not just like you looking at like, oh, this is what pirates were like. No, you're seeing the actual pirates go through their day because you are on a magical transportation time travel boat. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes me wonder. And I think, you know, Spaceship Earth is, is kind of like that where you're the idea is kind of you're going through time, yeah. you know, like to see these different scenes. But that one, again, it's more overt. Yeah, but now I don't even know if maybe that's the wrong thing I'm reading into it. I mean, who knows? Am <laughs> I like, am I a person in this traveling through time? Like, am I? 
am I a character that is like a vampire and can live forever? Yeah, maybe, maybe you're a vampire going through the the history of humankind. After it's just, no, it's just my extinct. life. Like I was alive in Egyptian times, and I just I've never died. Like who knows anymore what any of these rides mean? <laughs> I now wonder: Is living with the land have secret meanings that I don't know about? <laughs> it's crazy just to like think of that, and and you have to like look at these rides. You're like, what is the perspective I'm in? Like even like Snow White's um, Scary Adventures. I mean, the whole idea there is like Snow White really wasn't in the ride initially. I think she may be in it now at, at Disneyland, but she wasn't in the ride because you were Snow White. The whole idea was you're Snow White going through these yeah. adventures. You know, I think it confused people a bit of like, well, why isn't Snow White on this ride? But it's like, you have to like look at that. If they, they have this whole idea of, you going through the ride aren't just a passive participant. You somehow have an active role in this and you're a character that it's integral to the story. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I don't know. It's mind blowing. You know what else is mind blowing? How? What's that? All right. Last time I'm, I'm going to mention them. So the philanthropist, the character gosh, that, I've, I've just in, that I've just invented, well, I mean, I haven't invented him, but the philanthropist, I think he, we should call him Phil. And we should, I mean, I think that he could be big. Like, forget the ice skater. Phil, the philanthropist, That that's where the money's at right there. Start printing t-shirts yeah, and no, plushes seriously. and everything. I think, I think we make it, and it'll become the next Lucas. By the way, if you've not seen Lucas on YouTube. Oh, that little spider the guy? The little spider. It will make you love spiders. So seriously, watch it, because if you're one of those people that squishes every spider you see, you will not want to anymore. I don't kill any spiders anymore, because I think all of their names are Lucas, and they're adorable. All right, well, let's start making some t-shirts for this ant. Yeah, yeah. We've got to cash it on the merch, so. <laughs> all right. Well, that that kind of wraps it up. I think those are all of the rides that I looked up. Like I said, I know there's a lot more. Um, if you have some interesting ones that, that maybe we missed, maybe we can do another yeah, episode of this. Yeah, we can do a second this. one. Let us know. Um, definitely reach out to us. You can reach out to us through our website, uh, enchantedears.com. And you can contact us through there. Um, be sure to do that. Also, be sure to check out uh, our Facebook page and be sure to leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. It and, really helps. And check out our Facebook group, the, the Enchanted Ears family. We'll see you here next Monday. We'll be talking about the 1990s next uh, edition of our Disney decade. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.